Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we are going to talk about simple methods for restoring rest in your home. Doesn't that sound wonderful? And guess what? It is possible. And my special guest today is Lauren Gaines. Um, Lauren is the author of Unshakable Kids, Three Keys to Raising Spiritually Strong and Emotionally Healthy Children, and creator of Inspired Motherhood, a community for moms to encourage and help them find hope and inspiration in their journey to reclaim the wonder-filled days of motherhood. That is amazing, Lauren. I'm excited to have you here and to to discuss this topic, especially with it being the holiday season. And it seems like um, all peace and rest, you know, even though it's a season of peace, um, it just doesn't, it seems really elusive. And so, um, so I'm glad that you're here, that we're talking about this topic today. And I'm excited to hear what you have to share. And Lauren has written a book. It's called Unshakable Kids. I read that in her bio. This is what it looks like. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to be focusing kind of on the last couple chapters in here where you talk about a lot of these, these concepts. And so just know that we're not getting close to covering the entire book. So you'll definitely want to look into that. And we'll put links in the show notes for you on how to get to her website so that you aren't like trying to write a whole URL down or um, trying to find the book. Um, We'll make sure you get that. So um, but but welcome, Lauren. I'm excited to have you with us. Thank you so much, Peggy. Yeah, it's just an honor to chat with you today. Absolutely. I I always ask my guests when we get started to just give us a little background on you and your family and um, why there's oftentimes something in your past or something that that God has allowed that has just stirred something in you that makes this topic just something that... um, is something that that you're just really passionate about. And and I always want to start out with that because I think when people understand the story behind the story, that they they really realize why um why you have the authority to to you know to really talk about this. And so so I'd love to start out with that. Yeah, for sure. And there's uh, so many layers, I feel like, to the story. So I'm like, okay, how can I say this concisely? But yes, I'm a mom of three. And I had before kids, I worked as a school psychologist. So I think probably a lot of your listeners yeah. know maybe what that is. But I my first job was in Baltimore City Public School. So I did do testing for special education and worked with teachers and parents on to how to help best teach their kids. But then uh, I also did counseling. So I did group counseling and individual counseling. Now, not every school psychologist has the, I guess, 
they they usually overload them with just testing, right? So they usually right. don't have time in their schedule to do other things. But I just always loved collaborating with teachers and, you know, talking with families and getting to know people and really seeing what makes this child tick, what what are their likes, right. their dislikes, like how can we best serve them? And so that was kind of my heart behind it. And whenever oh. I had the the chance to do counseling, I always jumped on it. I know some people maybe didn't like it as much, but I just have always loved kids. I oh. couldn't wait to be a mom, knew I wanted to work with kids. So I just really enjoyed that. But to answer your question, especially specifically when it comes to rest. So I talk about this in one chapter of my book, but I did not have a restful, I guess, like, <laughs> late, you know, high school experience. And I think sadly, this is our experience for many high schoolers even today is oh, that yeah. and truthfully, even if you homeschool, you can get jump, you know, plugged into too many things and it can Mm -hmm. just feel like, wait, (laughs) for us, uh, we started homeschooling. Honestly, I wrote the book and I was like, I always kind of had this idea of homeschooling, but kind of thought, Oh, I don't know. And we were, we, our kids went to a private Christian school. We were happy with the school, but Uh when I wrote the chapter at rest, it really changed me because I realized Mm -hmm. My life has always been go, go, go. I was a swimmer, Mm -hmm. which like gave me awesome opportunities, but I never had rest in my schedule. And I was like, I don't think I want this. As my kids were getting older, I was like, I don't think I want this for our family. Mm -hmm. And so I really took a look back at what the research says and what my experience was. And I was like, I want a slower life. And so- It is when you were saying in the beginning about December being busy. Yeah. Like even though we're homeschooling uh-huh. this year, there's still so many things and it it's good things. They're all good things. Like let's make gingerbread houses or let's go to this right. uh-huh. live nativ- nativity. And they're awesome things, but soon we can just be overwhelmed with everything we have to do. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And, and how, how good that God gave you that opportunity to, to look at that before. I mean, you get so many years down the road and you're like, I've set this example. And I think, you know, I, I saw that, you know, now that I've graduated my kids and go, yeah, I, I think I did a little too much. <laughs> that wasn't really- I mean, it, it's really hard. I, I don't want parents to listen to this today and think that like, there's one way and this is the perfect way because that's just not right. true. And no, there's always going to be mm-hmm. things that we look back and say, I wish I would have done that differently. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, but but I think the the important thing is is when you do realize it, what do you do with that? Yeah. Um, do you do you say, ah, yeah, that's that's for somebody else? No, I'm just going to keep plowing through. Um, or was that a wake up call that I needed to change things? And it sounds like that that was you know the second case was you um, with writing that. So that's when you you started homeschooling then and yeah and yeah we prioritized yeah it was like uh, okay i don't want to like i saw the the, the path forward and i was like yeah I don't want to keep going like this especially as our kids are getting older and getting involved in more things and it's like okay right. they're gone for eight hours and then we have activities and like when are we gonna have yeah. family time when are we gonna just relax you know and right. there's so many stressed out kids and parents and it was just like so really, I know mo- your audience is homeschoolers, but if there's things that you don't like that you're doing, just know that change is always possible. Like it, it is okay to pivot and it's never too late. You can pivot. And exactly. that's a beautiful thing. Yes. Yes. Anytime. Yes. It's, it's okay to put the stops on. And I think this is a nice time 
for you to be thinking about this too, as we're coming into the new year, um, people, they, they reset things. Um, and it's okay to, to change things up and your kids have had enough of a break that they won't say, what just happened? (laughs) (laughs) You can just say, well, we're just changing things up and it's, it's that time of year. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it is a really good time to be having this discussion, but, but really if you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, um, you know, and it's not that time of year, it's, it's okay to do the same thing. And, um, because in the end, we're not being obedient to where the spirit is moving us and making us feel a little off because, um, and we need to be obedient to that when, mm-hmm. um, when we feel that, that, that it, underlying tension is, is yeah. a lot of the way God is so good about that. He doesn't like, he isn't mean to us, <laughs> you know, but it's like something's wrong and you're feeling a little, yeah. If you can't sleep and you're stressed and think about you know what's going on. I know you're going to talk more about that, so I'm not going to go into that. Um, but I would love for you to talk about what does it mean to have a restful home? Just so yeah. we can kind of paint that picture. Yeah, great question. And I think it is going to be slightly different for everybody. But like yeah. when I looked at it, one big thing was just the atmosphere of the home. And so of course, you know, all of us would love to, I'm sure to like go to a decorating store and buy all the things. But personally for right. us, we don't spend a lot of our budget on that. And I think you can still have a restful, peaceful home, even if, even if you don't. And, mm-hmm. or, it, you know, some people love that. And if that's your thing, then do it. But if it's not like, don't force it. And so mm-hmm. I think for us, and this is like, truthfully, something that's kind of uh, a work in progress, I, I should say, is keeping it organized. There's so yeah. much research that shows that when there's a place for things, when there's a system, you just, you don't have that extra kind of like burden over your head of like, I need to get this and I don't know where this is. And I have to find that paper right. and the library books like that just adds extra tension and mental load to mm-hmm. our day. And then that's going to come out, sadly, at someone. And a lot of times it's our kids or our spouse, right. you know, because <laughs> we have all these things that we're worried about and there's not a system for. And so mm-hmm. if that's not your strength, again, I just encourage you, ask somebody. Like my aunt came and helped me go through all my cabinets. Wow. She loves to do this. Oh, and so it's... it was just like a blessing for her and for me because like right. she's one of those people who like thrives off of that, like organizing your pantry and creating like a snack space. And so hmm. if, if that's not your strength, that's okay. You can ask for help. And, yeah, you know, I think once that. we have that system in place, hopefully, hopefully we can follow it. But Right. I think we need to look at phys- like what is the physically the the atmosphere of our home like is there clutter everywhere is there organization exactly. um but then also like in a spiritual sense is there tension is hmm. there a peace is there god's right. presence you know yeah. and so we can bring that in through music lately I kind of go through like phases where I like play worship music more, but I like Mm -hmm. told my husband because I would do it off my phone, but then I would need my phone for other things and then the music would stop. And I'm like, I just want a player where we can kind of like have this like constant music because something, something Mm -hmm. shifts in the atmosphere when there's there's Uh music. And and the cool thing is science is backing up what God has said in the Bible. That's like one thing that I found fascinating as I studied psychology in grad school and everything was that, wow, this, this lines up with what God says. Yeah. And so I think instead of 
looking, maybe I'm getting ahead on the questions, but instead of thinking, no, that's like, okay. <laughs> I need to change everything. Like my home is not restful and I, and I'm feeling maybe that tension. I think mm-hmm. it's so good. One thing. And it's like, Yes. For us recently, it's like, okay, after dinner, we are just tempted to kind of go play and not mm-hmm. like, we've been really into Dutch Blitz, a card game. And so my kids just want to play it right away. And then I'm like, but then later the dishes are piled up. So I'm like, no, let's right. just work. As a yep. Everyone has a job and, and it takes 10 minutes. It's not even hard. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just like a rhythm that we have to get ourselves into uh, before we can true. move yeah. on to the next thing that we want to mm-hmm. work on. Yeah, it it really is because you're changing habits. You aren't in that habits take a long time to change yeah. and you have to be very intentional and purposeful about them. Um, otherwise they, you can just bulldoze <laughs> that for, you know, either the consensus of the, the group <laughs> and, and yeah. And then the things that need to be done can't be done. And, but there's, there's, you know, a balance of, you know, we can't be so rigid that we can't allow in fun when it comes to, but, but, but yeah, I think that, like you said, it comes back down to establishing those rhythms um, and, and one thing at a time and, and prioritizing what, what's most important now and, and everything else will come. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. I, I think we we have this vision of perfection and we want to be there tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, and sometimes, yes, if you, the clutter is bad, just put it behind a a cupboard for a while. I mean, yes, you should get to the cupboard eventually, but (laughs) if it's just out of sight and it's not mentally taxing you, um, sometimes that's all you need for a while. So yeah, there are some workarounds, but, but yes, that, um, those are some, some definitely good things to, to be, to be thinking about. Um, do you have any other strategies, um, for creating, um, your home to be more of a restful place? Yeah. So I think one thing that when I talk to moms and I've experienced myself is if there is a bad moment, right? Like if there's mm. like an oh, explosion maybe, maybe <laughs> from us or from our kids, that can kind of just like put a heaviness on the rest of the day. And sometimes you can yeah. feel like it's hard to kind of move forward and it's hard to get back the piece that just like yeah. ran out the front mm-hmm. door when, when that happened. And so yeah. in my book, I outlined some strategies because I think we we can regain it, right? And so mm-hmm. we need to kind of do like a trial and error of what works for us because everybody huh. is different. And my kids really, when they were younger, actually liked drawing out how they were feeling. So they didn't want to necessarily oh, talk okay. about it. One of my kids is a verbal processor. So they just want to like talk it to death until it's uh-huh. like, you know, okay, every aspect of this has been dealt with with feelings. The other kids <laughs> might just need to draw it out and may need to say like, this is how I'm feeling. This is what it looks like right now. Oh, and so yeah. that kind of takes the pressure off of them having to verbally process it with you, but it also gets it out because when we just stuff those feelings down, that's when those yes. explosions are going to come. And so mm-hmm. 
That's something that's super helpful. I personally like to journal, but again, you need to kind of like see what, what works for you. Sometimes it's just like, we need to all go outside. I don't care. We're like, we need right. to just get, get out the front door and get fresh air because it really does mm-hmm. something. And so yeah. I think if we have a list of things, knowing like what's going to help oh, us, whether it's idea. Mm-hmm. journaling, whether it's listening to music, whether it's everyone going to the room for a minute, you know, or calling right. a friend or going outside, often we need to just kind of change that the atmosphere we're in. I notice, like if my kids are starting oh, to brawl yeah. or get see, I'm like, let's just move to a different table. And I don't know what oh, it is, but just yeah. like getting out of that room and going somewhere else, I feel mm-hmm. like just kind of like resets it and everyone feels a little different, you know? And even when my kids were really young, that worked like with my babies, like two, three-year-olds, it was like, let's go play in your bedroom because we never did. And so it felt like new and novel and Uh, and, and away some of that tension. So those are a few things that I think it's just, it's helpful to know what works and take an inventory. So much of my book is like reflection, like, okay, Mm. what, what happened before? Like, you know, I, helpful to look at the situation. If you had a bad moment and there was an explosion, Mm -hmm. what happened before? What was I thinking? What was I feeling? And was there anything that could change in so that this wouldn't happen again? Right. But then also reflecting back of like, well, what helped us get over that hump and, and Ah, get back. uh And so we need to, we need to just reflect and journal. Mm -hmm. And and maybe I, like I said, not everyone loves to journal. That's okay. But I think like, pause, which is something else we'll talk about. We're so stimulated. We're listening to podcasts. We have music. We're not just alone with our thoughts. And so it's so Mm -hmm. valuable. That's when our brain solves problems is when we're washing and we don't Mm -hmm. have anything on and we're just alone with our thoughts. And we think, Oh, you know what? Maybe like, and that's when the Holy spirit will might drop something in your, your spirit too. And you may be, Oh yeah like gain wisdom or understanding Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have thought of before. And so Mm -hmm. we need to make sure we have those moments of pause in our day so that we can kind of reflect and say, is this going well? Is this not? And like be open to pivoting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, there's no one. I I think the thing that I always wanted when I was a young parent was, well, just give me the step-by-step directions on how to get, you know, (laughs) and, but every situation is so unique and every person's so unique and it it just, it's a learning process and you learn a little bit each time you go through that process of that failure. And Laura and I were talking a little bit before the show about just doing that. You learn from your mistakes and <laughs> it's un- unfortunate, but it is fortunate that we, we, some, we learn, <laughs> but um, we sometimes have to learn things the hard way. And, um, and that's okay. God gives us grace. We have to give grace in our homes. And I think it is a good opportunity to teach our kids about God's grace mm-hmm. and that we all are sinners in need of a savior. And um, it just points us back to the direction we should be pointed in if we look at those things in the right light. And what a beautiful place our home can be when we cultivate that. Yeah. And I've talked to so many moms and seen it in my own life too, where if we model that, like how to apologize even, you know, after that bad moment, like 
how to say like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't reacted that way. Will you pray with me? Like, let's pray. I want to ask God mm-hmm. to help me. And then I've talked to parents where they're like, then my child, you know, whether it was a month later or years later, they were able to do that. They were able to yeah. say like, I'm, I didn't, I actually didn't want to react that way. That was not the response I wanted. And because we modeled that for them, they were able to walk through those steps of asking for forgiveness from you, from God. And what a beautiful thing. Cause because at some point we're all going to mess up. I mean, I wish right. I could say like follow yeah. these these steps, and you know, <laughs> you never will. But that's just not going to happen. And so, if we can model that, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and make it a safe place to to fail, um, and for our kids to realize that yeah, we all we all fall short. And, and it's, um, we have the space and I know you talk about in your book about our homes being a refuge. And I, I think that really is, um, that would be our, should be our greatest desire is that our, we can feel like this is a place to get away from the craziness, the busyness, the, the worldliness Mm -hmm. of, um, where we live. And it's not our home. So we, we kind of have to make those spaces that are filled with all of the, the promises of God separate from where the world is. So, yeah, very cool. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about conflict resolution? Because um, I know that's probably a big thing that a lot of parents talk. We haven't talked about it on our show a lot. Um, and and it seems like sometimes when I know when I was homeschooling young children, sometimes conflict resolution was the only thing I taught. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and But yet now looking at my kids in their 20s going, thank goodness I spent so much time on it and put those books away. Um, because I, if we can't deal with conflict, and we aren't taught how to deal with conflict, it can mess up our lives long-term. Oh, for and sure. And it's something we need to um, really focus on with our kids and realize it's a priority. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd love be, to hear what you have to share. Yeah, for sure. Not be afraid of it. I mean, I feel yeah. like so many of us don't want to step on other people's toes or, you know, and there's a way to do it. There's a way to express your feelings mm-hmm. that uh, the other person will will hear, you know, and yeah. it's in a respectful way. And so when you thought, when you said this, the one thing I thought of really quickly that I definitely taught my students as a school psychologist was using I statements mm-hmm. instead of you statements, because young kids especially start to just be like, well, you took my toy and you did this without asking and you're doing right. and when you start saying those those statements, you're just automatically on the defensive because yeah. you're like, you're just blaming me and you're putting it all on me. And so that's right. not going to gonna end well. And truthfully, I've even used this skill in my marriage where it's like, I <laughs> when we first got married, my husband was in med school. And so he would say, oh, I'll be done at like five o'clock. And so as a good wife, I like wanted to have a hot dinner and right. you know, I would have one ready at five o'clock. And then two hours later, he'd be like, I'm just coming home. And I would get so angry and be like, well, you said you were going to be home at five. And why? <laughs> like, and then I just realized like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just leave someone who's right who's in the hospital. Um, <laughs> But it still hurt my feelings. And so if I could express, like, I feel really sad when mm. I make this dinner and I don't hear from you and I don't know that you're late, like, what's something we can do right. to fix this? Like, I know that you have to work and I understand that, but like, can you maybe just shoot me a text and say like late or, you know, it like, doesn't even have to be long, just like a signal to know. Right. And so that really helped us. And so if we can help kids to say like, how different does it feel when someone says you did this and you do that and you make me feel this way instead of you saying, I feel sad or frustrated or disappointed when you do this. 
So mm-hmm. like, what can we do? What can we do together? And just giving them that wording. I'm like, I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, tell them how you feel because right. they just, I don't know. It's easy to blame other people, but that yeah. that's not going to get us to a resolution. That's a not resolution. Gonna get, exactly. You know, that's the gonna, end product. Yes. Yeah. It's only going <laughs> to increase the tension. And so if we can kind of take those deep breaths and and mm-hmm. calmly say it and say it in a way where we want to work together to come to a mutually like agreed upon solution, then I feel like kids are much more likely to, to get to that point instead of just kind of exploding and being mad at each other and wanting to just kind of, cause even my younger, my four-year-old, like will just want to run to her room and it's okay if you need space. I don't want to like force kids to talk about it right away, but I'm also like, right. well, let them know what's bothering you. You know, don't just right. storm out or don't throw something. Cause that's not going to get you what you want. So, right. Exactly. We have to pause and know what really is bothering us. Sometimes mm-hmm. that's its own challenge to know exactly what's going on and why I feel this way. Uh, And then expressing it is a whole nother thing. But I think it's, I think it's so huge, especially yeah, with kids at home with each other all the time, even though my kids like love each other, like you're going to get on each other's nerves. And so if you can learn, because that tension, like I said, if you don't confront it, you're just like letting Mm -hmm. it there, it's going to build and it's going to build and it's not going to be good in the end. No, no, it's our, our home provides a lot of learning opportunities for conflict resolution. And, um, and isn't it so wonderful that God gives us kids that are completely opposite, polar opposites to each other. And so they, they have to, I I always told my boys, if you can get along with each other, you can get along with anyone in this world. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, they, they have to learn how to, um, to express and, and then move on to something that's mutually agreed upon. And the only way that's going to happen is if both parties are willing to sit down and, and have that discussion and, and work together. Yeah. And so I love that it's, it is, it, it internally, we, yeah, a lot of kids like within our community, because with sensory issues and other things and brain fog, um, a lot of times they don't know what they're thinking. You know, reactions happen faster than, so giving them that little bit of decompression time, not as a, um, not as a punishment, but as a, we're going to come back and, and talk about what, you know, was underlying and really try to figure this out um, and realize that you're the coach, you're coaching your, your child through this. Um, I always love the analogy of the boxing ring and, you know, that I am the on the outside. My kids always felt it was safe to like turn around and box with me. <laughs> and I'd have to remove myself, like physically say, nope, I'm on the outside of the ring turn around. This is what you're facing. It's not me. It's this. So let me equip you now to fight this battle and to find the resolution to it. Um, And that imagery just really helped me to, to, to understand my role in the conflict. Um, Cause a lot of times we can just become our child's greatest enemy because we're safe. Yeah. And, um, and so they'll turn on us and it isn't, they don't mean it to be that way. So, sure. yeah. So, yeah, I love that. Um, so let's talk about busyness. <laughs> no, I, that, yeah, this is so good. It totally relates, I think, to the restful home. So like we can do things to create a soothing atmosphere with like smells and sounds and, you know, how mm-hmm. it looks and all of that. 
But um, if we're just constantly running from here to there, you, just like busyness and rest just don't go together. I mean, no, you, you they, know, they don't. <laughs> and yes. so there's only like so much that we can take. And I think that even in the Bible, like people can look to Jesus and be like, well, he was busy and and he was, but God didn't need to rest. You know, he didn't need that day of rest on the seventh day when he created the world, but he did it as a model to show us that like we need physical, but also spiritual and emotional rest. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we're in our society is just like not built that way. No, (laughs) you know, even with kids sports, it's so hard to find something that's not on Sunday. And it, and we've yeah. kind of made it a rule in our house. Like we're not going to, we're going to go to church on Sunday. Like this yeah. is what we mm-hmm. do. And so right. it was really tough one year for so- my son's soccer team. They said all the games are going to be Saturday, but then we got the schedule and like half of them were on Sunday. And I'm like, well, oh. we're not going to go to the games. Like, because right. we, we just can't, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that, it's, it can feel hard when everyone right. else in your neighborhood or in your community is doing something different. But I think it's so important, again, mm-hmm. because I was that person who did right. all the things mm-hmm. and it was constantly busy. And then the bottom kind of fell out and it was kind of mm-hmm. like, I can't sustain this, you know, and I was right. starting to have uh, gut health problems, which like my doctor was like, I think you might be addicted to stress. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. No, you know, because at that point I was kind of like a stay at home mom. But I was like, when I reflected back and looked at all my years, I was like, wow, I've always felt like I had to go, go, go. And like, what's next? And like, check yeah. things off the to-do list that my mm-hmm. body didn't even know how to rest. And that's yeah. just Mm-hmm. such a, you know, because anxiety and depression are rising in our, in our mm-hmm. world and kids and adults everywhere. And so if we can teach them how to rest and how to see yeah. their body, if their body's giving them signals that they're feeling overwhelmed or there's a tightness in their chest or their belly mm-hmm. hurts or they have a headache, like, and they're not sick, then maybe it means you need to pull back. Like maybe it yeah. means you need to, to, to take some things off your plate and just allow yourself to rest. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And and we do, we get so busy and we get so um, in that mode that we don't even realize we're in the mode and, and life is so consuming. I remember a mom writing on one of our social media um, platforms and saying, I'm taking time to rest, but I can't calm my mind down. (laughs) And that, that is more typical than not now. Um, you know, and, um, we just, we can say, okay, I'm setting aside this time, but our brain just doesn't stop. And there's, so what do you have to say about that? Oh, I mean, like all these things, like if there's things you want to change in your home, whether they're systems or routines of rest, like it it takes time. You know, I wish I could say just like do this and instantly it's going to be better. But I think we need to kind of rewire our brains in some ways. But the good news is we can, you know, when I, I think when I was in high school, they would say that like, personality and all that was set, like whatever it was, Mm. that's the way it was. But now they're finding out that you can change, that you can change those pathways. And it's of course harder as you're an adult because they're kind of ingrained. And so if your first Mm. thought of something is always one way, it's going to be harder to create a new pathway, but you can. And so absolutely, I think that it's going to take some intentionality, but also Mm -hmm. patience and grace with yourself. And yeah, truly part of it, the struggle is real for me too 
is, is the phone. I think a lot of it is like, oh, yeah. we're just so used to grabbing our phone and taking it from room to room. And, and like, that's just teaching us to be overstimulated. And exactly. TV shows, I didn't get into this in my book, but I was looking things up when my kids were young and they said that the rate at which the screen changes is like, I don't know, a lot. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. multiple times, like every second, you know? And so you watch these shows and the screen is jumping from here to here and here. And then you look at Mr. Rogers and the the TV screen or like the set is the same uh-huh. for like two or three minutes and then it might change an angle, but it's not this right. constant shift, shifting and it's mm-hmm. as much lower pace show. Yeah, And I noticed when my kids watched it, there was a difference. And so huh. it, I think we need to be really aware of what we're consuming. And that can go mm-hmm. for rest and the peace in our home is what are we yeah. allowing in and what are we watching and what is it teaching our minds, our bodies? Because yeah. we might not even realize, like, it might not be explicitly saying something you know, like the show mm-hmm. isn't saying to be crazy. Oh, or yeah, no, like, uh-huh. But this yeah. moving is doing something to our brain. It's overstimulating us. And if we're, hmm. if we get used to that, a level of stimulation, then when there is quiet, our brain is going to be like, whoa, I want more what feedback. Happened? I want more yes. of what I normally yes. get. Mm-hmm. And so I think it just is about being intentional and maybe taking 10 minutes and just we even try to do this with our kids, which like, truthfully, it's hard because we were reading, uh, there's picture books now for Little House on the Prairie. I forget what it's called exactly, really? but it's for like huh. younger, uh-huh. like three to five year olds. And it okay. takes Laura and Mary's story, but puts it in a picture yeah. book. Uh-huh. And so it said on Sunday that they just did quiet games that they, and I th- I can't remember if it was Laura or Mary, but started playing with the dog. And then Pa kind of yelled at her and told her like, you're, you're being too loud. You need to just do quiet things. And I said to my kids, could you do that on a Sunday? Like, could you huh. just you know, sit quietly all day. And they were like, what? No. (laughs) So I think it's really hard to live counterculturally, but if we can take moments and maybe it's not a whole day, but maybe it's like 10, start with 10 minutes, you know, like we're just going to sit here and just be still. The Bible Mm -hmm. says to be still. So are we being still? Like, do you know how to do that? Do you know how to just be Mm -hmm. alone in your room for 10 minutes? And you can work it up to maybe an hour, you know, if if it really is hard for you and hard for your kids, it's not going to instantly change, but you can take it slowly and maybe increase that time by five or 10 minutes every day and see, see where you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a book study with my church, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and they start out each of the the daily um, prayer study times with sit now for five minutes and just allow your mind to rest. And my pastor's wife, she's like, I should cut it down to one because I couldn't do five. <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, that's a start. But our goal would be, you know, longer and longer. Um, to just, you know, you think of the Mary, Martha, you know, it's like Mary sat at Jesus' feet mm-hmm. and was content there. Um, and we do, we we have to choose. We, we have to choose that contentment with, um, but it is, it's a struggle because I, I am so much on your page with that addiction to stress. When I was diagnosed with breast cancer, that's what I realized my life was running on. And I had to make a major shift because it was ruining, it was killing me. And, um, and I know a lot of parents with kids who have special needs. We do, we, we dig ourselves a very slow grave based on just 
trying to fix everything Mm -hmm. in our environment and our child. And God's the one that does that. We have to rest in his plan. And that takes a lot of faith. I realize that, but it's, um, it's going to allow you to be around a lot longer, um, and be healthy for your kids too. So, um, yeah, it's, Definitely not the easiest way to learn that lesson, but (laughs) it was effective. (laughs) Yeah, what were I mean, I'm just curious, what were some of the shifts that you you made that you feel like um I I had to just realize that um the things on my to-do list may not have been on God's to-do list. And so, you know, doing my prayer time first and then setting my to-do list for the day versus the opposite of what I had always done (laughs) and um, changing my eating habits um, instead of, you know, just grabbing something to go. And I ate, I mean, I ate super healthy as far as, you know, even in the terms of what most people do, but now it's even more so. Um, but um, and I know you're going to talk on the vagus nerve, but breathing has been one of those things that um, really helping to calm everything down. Um, I've, I've found out later that I have EDS. Actually, my all my kids have EDS, um, elders Danlow syndrome. And um, and so there's a lot of things related to that with the vagus nerve. Our vagus nerve is actually much more touchy um, than the typical person. So I was always in that fight or flight And so were my kids and there was just mass chaos in my home all the time. And that stress level was constant. You know, what you're talking about is, um, and I'm, I'm hoping some parents that are listening to this, um, they, they are kind of relating to that because I think that's, it's pretty typical in our community's homes. Um, but there is, there's a solution to that. Um, I'd love for you to talk just a little bit about the vagus nerve though, and, um, and how that comes into play and, you know, just how God created us to be able to get into that rest mode. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the more I learned about the body, it, it's just amazing. God is amazing. You know, when he mm-hmm. says like, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, I don't even think we understand yeah. half of what, how he created us. And it's a beautiful mm. thing, but yeah. Right. So the biggest nerve runs from our head to our gut. And I, I did not learn about it in grad school, but learned about it in my own kind of health journey with like my gut health. And then my uh-huh. husband being in medicine and realizing how powerful, because I feel like friends would tell me, oh, take deep breaths. And I'm just like, oh, that doesn't work. You know, you're just like, that's just something people say. And like, uh-huh. Daniel Tiger says it, but it's like, is that really a thing? But it really is. And it is. Yeah. So when you take deep breaths and really kids can learn this too. And so something that a friend had told me was to tie a scarf, like light, like a pashmina type scarf, not Mm -hmm. a thick one, but around your child so that they can kind of feel feedback to breathe out and have like their whole diaphragm come out for the the count that where they're breathing Mm -hmm. in. Cause a lot of times you don't realize like your stomach should be going out when you're taking the deep breath in. (laughs) Right. Otherwise it's very shallow breathing. That's pretty typical nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think when we actually take that deep breath where we're letting it like all expand and letting that breath come in. It's like, whoa, when was the last time I did this? You know, because yeah. you do notice a difference when you do it the right way. And then mm-hmm. holding that breath and, and slowly letting it out through your mouth. And it's going to activate the vagus nerve, which again, mm-hmm. is related to so many things like your appetite, your sleep, your, your, your gut health, everything. Mm-hmm. And so that is a good way to get out of fight or flight, which fight or flight, uh, sometimes we might not know we're in it. And so 
but when we're in it, we, we don't have like the rational thought our, our mm-hmm. everything is just heightened and moving at a faster pace. And so if we can slow our bodies down through breathing and yeah. another one is singing or humming, like it just even your vocal cords yeah. go near the nerve, mm-hmm. it can activate the nerve. And so I always notice that my youngest daughter, and a lot of kids do this, like really young kids just sing about anything. Now my yeah. niece is, is too. And she's just like <laughs> makes up songs about whatever. And I'm like, and little kids are so, usually pretty happy, you know, yeah. and uh-huh. so there has to be something to singing. And so I think if we can sing with our kids or, you know, ourselves have the music on and sing, it w- it does something to like, actually to our body, it will calm right. us down because it's activating the nerve. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, fascinating thing. I mean, um, and just, yeah, there's, there's a reset method. I don't know if you've heard of this one, but my friend Lisa and I talked about it. It was, I think I was on my broadcast about a year ago, but, um, you can take your hands and put them behind your head. And if you lay on the floor on a bed and you look straight up at the ceiling and you take your eyes and you move your eyes all the way over to one side and hold them, that stretches the nerve. And you'll all of a sudden yawn or sigh instantly, I mean, within 60 seconds. And then you do the same on the other side. It made my, the first time I did it, made my whole back crack when I was just laying there. I was like, whoa, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I found too, that when you've been in that fight or flight for like decades (laughs) and you don't realize it, it's really hard to get into that mode. So don't give up. If what Lauren's been talking about or what I just shared um, doesn't work right away, or it seems like I get that rest and then all of a sudden it's back again, you've got to retrain those muscles and that nerve how to be in that space too. Um, your body will naturally go back to where it was. Um, and so it's it's definitely an uphill um, kind of battle, but it's it's well worth it because eventually it, you find those those spaces of rest come much more frequent and easier. But, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely worth that. Um, yeah. And I think it's worth having, I mean, I'm not sure how you found all of that out for yourself, but having a conversation, like if it is you and you feel like, isn't it just normal to walk around with this like tightness in my chest at all time, you know, like you, because that's normal to you, you can just start to think that that's normal. And so I don't know if you started with your primary care doctor who to, to kind of get, if, if you feel like you need more help in this area, I think right. it's important to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. And I found a functional doctor was probably a little bit more willing to understand all that stuff yeah. <laughs> than, um, than a doctor who, you know, was just trained medically. Cause a lot, I don't think they get a lot of information on, on those types of things. Um, I know more doctors are becoming more open to that and realizing it's the vagus nerve has become more of a, it's been more talked about now um, in different circles. So um, yeah. So I'd love to talk a bit about routines because um, you know, what we propagate in our home becomes what we focus on. And, you know, maybe there's some people that have been listening to us talking and they're like, I I really need to change things. Um, How do we even go about that change to create something new that's healthier than where we're at now? 
I think the first step is identifying which part you want to change, because Mm -hmm. I think we could just be like, well, I want to change everything. And it's like, well, (laughs) we need to be specific. And I think we need to not overwhelm ourselves with thinking, I want the whole morning routine to change. You know, what's one simple step you can take Mm -hmm. first and then work on that. And once that seems to be better, then you can move on to the next thing. But I think the reflecting and looking what parts of my days do I feel really stressed and Uh, really anxious in? And even Mm -hmm. you could have a family meeting asking your kids, like, are there certain parts of the day that you just feel like overwhelmed and like, it's always rush rushing or like there's this tension there. And so reflecting, asking, and which part of the days, I think it's good too, to look at which part of the days are going well, what seems mm-hmm. to be, you know, because we often focus just on everything that's going yeah, wrong, that there is are good. things mm-hmm. that are going well, yeah. so what is going well, and what is the difference there, like what, how, right. what's making that part of our day so much smoother, or so much better, is it that mm-hmm. we're planning ahead of time, is it that everyone's helping out, and it's not just mom getting everything together, like what is it, what's making the difference, and so yeah. then we can can kind of look at our own routines and see, okay, is it getting everyone out the door that's super stressful? What are some things we can do ahead of time so that it doesn't feel yeah. as crazy and that we're not just like always running late and like mad at each other when we're leaving <laughs> <Right>. the house? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's really good. Yes. And to have that reflection and um and that problem solving type of mentality. Let's let's fix let's solve this um versus you know this is just bad. And, you know, I guess that's the one thing that we're just going to have to just push through. Um, but, um, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. What about quiet time? Yeah. One of my friends, just to go back to the routines, like think Mm -hmm. of it as a science experiment, like, you know, like, Uh, like, has the hypothesis, is it going to work? And I was like, I kind of like that. It feels like it takes the pressure off of like, it needs to be perfect, but like, Hey, Mm -hmm. let's just try this. And it could be a total failure. And maybe it works for one family and it doesn't work for us. And that's okay. But like, Mm -hmm. let's just try it and see and, and always ask for Mm -hmm. that feedback of like, did it work? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've handled most of my homeschooling years as a, a medic or an, as a, a science experiment and <laughs> it gave me a lot of peace about it. Let's, let's just yeah. say, <laughs> yeah, it didn't work well. We'll reevaluate and change and tweak and yeah, learn something from it each time. Yeah. Yeah. So what about like quiet time and teaching our kids that, that quiet um, just state? Cause it's something that's just, we, we don't even have examples of it, you know, except, you know, biblical examples or, you know, ages past. Um, How do, how do you even do, do that in today's culture? Yeah, I think it's really important because one of my kids is more of a highly sensitive child and more introverted. And so definitely needs, I think it's so awesome and beautiful as a parent to kind of study your child, be a student of your child and say like, what makes them tick? And I always loved personality uh, in college. So just (laughs) seeing, okay, well, like you said, like my kids are polar opposites. Like what, what does this child need versus what does this child need? And so one day we had a super busy day and in the afternoon, normally we try to do something quiet, but the kids were playing so well together that I just kind of let them play. And then Hmm. we had an evening activity and it did not actually go well for uh, my child who's more introverted because they didn't have that, that they needed more than my other kids that time to just kind of read a book and be alone. Mm -hmm. And so not every child is going to, 
want to read a book and just cozy up in a corner, you know? So we've done audio books. Audio books have been a real hit in my house for really all ages. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's still entertaining. And even when they're really young, they thought it was cool that they could use the CD player. And like, you know, it was like, it was like a TV or, you know, like, like technology. And they learned how to, how to play it and how to hit the buttons. And so that was kind of a cool thing for them. But Truthfully, we don't always have a strict quiet time, but we try to have a moment. And I know not every family wants to do screens and that's okay because screens Mm -hmm. may not actually in the end lead to more rest. Right. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, if it is a family movie and you want to do something, I think that's okay. But I think we always try just because of one of my kids needing it more to make Mm -hmm. sure, did we have at least a half an hour where we did a quiet play like whether my son loves to still play with he's eight but he still loves his hot wheels cars and like building tracks that's awesome I know some days I get so annoyed that I'm like finding cars in every corner of every room, but then I'm like, it's so stepping point, on them. He's not going to be playing with these anymore. And I'm yes. going to be sad that I'm not finding Hot Wheel cars. But mm-hmm. so for him, that's relaxing, but it may yeah. be coloring and maybe doing a puzzle. My, my other child likes to read a book. And so uh-huh. again, I hate to say it, but it might be trial and error, just like testing yeah. out what works and what doesn't. And I think when my kids were really young and we switched from like nap time to kind of quiet time, Mm-hmm. It was it was hard. It wasn't just yeah. like okay, we're gonna have quiet time and don't bother and, mommy and, now. And, yeah. you know? and everybody was happy and did yeah what you said yeah, first. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> and so we actually have, and I don't have it up here with me, but a timer where it shows the the it's like a baking clock or timer, uh-huh. I think, but it, it shows the the purple strip of how like 10 minutes and the purple strip will uh-huh. get smaller until it gets uh-huh. to like the zero minutes. And so we set the timer. So there was a visual cue of like, okay, quiet time's That's almost great. over yes. because mm-hmm. it's getting smaller. And, you know, it might only be 15 minutes, like it might be short at right. the beginning because yeah. they just have, if you're not into that routine, they might not know, know what, what to do. do. Right. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's like, okay, we're going to, sometimes they make them go to their rooms, but other times it's just like, you can be in the playroom, but mom, like I usually I'm trying to do housework or like things online. And so my time, you know, if there's an emergency, you can interrupt me. You can ask, like (laughs) try to to just play quietly and they've gotten better. So stick with it. Good advice happening yeah. right away. Don't give up because I think that the, it, it just takes time to get into that. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think we do give up a little too early, um, but, but it is necessary. And I learned that from my husband. I'm the type of, that is the type A, you know, I need to go and I need to be around people and he needs to be away from people. And it never, I couldn't get it for the longest time. Like, why do you need to just like leave? <laughs> I was like, I'm more people, the better. And, and he's like, no, I'm had enough. We're leaving the party. You know, it's like when we, we go to small group, um, we, we take off early because he's just had his fill. Um, and now I've, I've learned the importance of that for him. And, um, I have one child that follows suit with that. So, um, so yeah, you just, but, but embracing that as a necessary thing within your day versus an inconvenience or um, if you don't understand it from like my perspective, um, it, it is, you know, just how pe- some people are filled and we've got to embrace that too. Cause we, that's, I mean, if we want a peaceful home, we need everybody to be getting what they need mm-hmm. in the end. 
And, and if they're not, then that's when the tension starts to come up and yeah. we have the conflict and everything that we've talked about in this last hour. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So Lauren, I would love for you to talk about your, your website, um, which is inspiredmotherhood.com and also your book, um, Unshakable Kids and just, um, what parents can find in that and, um, and then just what they can find on your website as well. Yeah. So I'll start with my website, Inspired Motherhood. So I just wanted to create a place really where I found biblical advice, especially when it comes to emotions and health, because Mm -hmm. uh, some things it's like every emotion is valid and explore every emotion. And then I kind of felt like this is exhausting, you know, so (laughs) I wanted to see what the Bible said about emotions. So I really tried to use my knowledge as a psychologist and then also what the Bible says to help parents teach their kids emotional health, but also realize Mm. that like feelings aren't everything. And I think that it's more valuable to see who we are as children of God than like what Mm. the world is telling us we should feel about something. And so I definitely have a spiritual emphasis there. And then in my book, Unshakable Kids, I share the three keys to raising spiritually strong and emotionally healthy children, which I can say really quickly, the first key is the mind. So understanding how to hold every thought captive, understanding what our thoughts even are and how to Mm -hmm. get kids to understand that they're thinking something and how that affects how they're feeling and everything. And then the heart. So how to have a heart to heart connection with your child, but then also Mm -hmm. if there's any wounds or sin in your life or in your child's life, how to address that and how that is so impactful in Mm -hmm. the relationship. And lastly is identity. So looking at self-esteem from a biblical point of view and how can we teach our children their true worth? Hmm. Beautiful. So yeah, the book yeah. is on Amazon or wherever books are sold, mm-hmm. but also there is an audio book too, because I know some people do oh, like to listen yes. to things instead of read it. So I think it's actually on sale, right? The audio book is on sale on Amazon right now too. Oh, cool. So. All right. Well, we'll share links in the show notes for, for both of those. And um, so you can find those easily. And um, yeah, any parting words for our audience, Lauren? Well, it's just such an honor to be on here. So thank you. And yeah, just I think that especially this time of year, it can start to feel like you look on social media or Pinterest and there's all these wonderful things that you want to do and you can put pressure on yourself to to feel like you need to do it all. But Mm -hmm. do what works for your family. And if it looks different than other families, that's okay. Exactly. It is okay. And and God knows and he understands and and you can only do what you can do and go from what you know. And so hopefully you've been inspired um, this hour to just um, to reevaluate. I know we, we, we kind of started that conversation, our conversation today, Lauren, about that and just taking a step back and saying, what is going on and how can this change? And then baby steps to change one thing. Um, at the beginning of our conversation, we were talking about that. Um, and so, so yeah, lots of wisdom in this past hour. So thank you for everything that you've shared, Lauren. I appreciate it and um, for sharing it with our community. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Peggy. Absolutely. Well, if you watch the live show, just know that um, we are going to be on a break now till the new year. Um, but if you're listening to the podcast, we'll just follow up with another week. So it, that goes week to week. Um, but I kind of 
shoved them at the beginning of the month so I can have a little time off. <laughs> but um, we're going to start off the new year um, learning about some ways to customize curriculum um, based on your students' needs with um, our guest who has struggled with his own um, learning difficulties. And then he created a, a platform and built those intentionally in his system. So he, he wants, he's talking from it from both sides and how it's helped him, um, but also some of the things he's done to help himself learn, but then how he has transferred that into curriculum that he's created himself. So, um, so you want to hang on for that as our next episode and um, make sure you check out Lauren's um, website, Inspired, and it's a little dash motherhood.com. Like I said, I'll, we'll put the URL in the show notes. So you you can make sure you spell that correctly. And um, and then her book, um, Unshakable Kids, Three Keys to Raising Spiritually Strong and Emotionally Healthy Children. So um, just appreciate all that you've shared, Lauren, in this hour. And um, and we have one viewer who says hi. Um, but um, everybody's been kind of quiet. Totally get that it's the holiday season. You probably have us on in the background. So, um, but um, thanks for watching, everyone. And um, we will see you again um, next time. And until then, God bless and a happy new year to you all. Um, take care. Thanks. <music> take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.